Thank you for listening to the Contemplations Podcast by Angelo Caragiorgos, who thinks that the path to authenticity is paved with enthusiasm when you embrace life as a whole. As a token of appreciation, you can download Angelo's audiobook, How to Get Closer to Your Real Self, Entering a Path of Fulfillment and Long-Lasting Enthusiasm Made by You. You only need to go to angelocaragiorgos.com slash gift. So, as we are reaching the end of the 8th day now, I can say things are going pretty well and generally better than expected, for sure better than the previous year that they had done the same thing, 10 days water fast at the same period. So, I had left the diary in the end of the 6th day. After finishing the recording of the podcasts about it, it was evening, so I decided there wasn't any point doing anything more. Recording them, uploading them and writing descriptions took me more one, uh, more than one hour and a half to two. So I went and did this thing that I have enjoyed so much these days that I actually wasn't used to it anyway. I filled again the bath with hot water and stayed inside for more than an hour listening to relaxing music. For the rest of the day till sleep I just chilled on the laptop watching series and so on. The most important thing for me these days is not to have annoyances. This uh, can come from the stomach and the headache most of the times. As long as these don't disturb me, a potential lack of energy is no problem since I can just rest. However, I was pretty much okay that day, not at my best, uh, neither at my worst. As I said, the point is to not try to prove how much work I can handle during fasting or how many demanding actions I can do, that would be a mistake. I need to let my body relax as much as possible so the detoxification mechanisms work without as many hurdles as possible. This I have understood as the optimal mentality during a water fasting. Once again I slept for about 6 hours and a half. Even though it doesn't look bad under normal conditions for me, in the beginning of the seventh day wasn't enough at all. I realized it very soon on my morning meditation that I couldn't concentrate at all. After finishing it and looking at some things at my laptop about an hour later, I went to bed and fortunately had a nap while uh, listening to a book of my beloved Jiddu Krishnamurti. This took more than an hour, but once again uh, when I woke up, still I wasn't feeling very powerful, certainly this wasn't my day. Generally it would have been fine, but a few hours later I had to go out and uh, meet some friends, so it was a bad coincidence that the day I had to go out was the day uh, that was one of the days with the least of energy from my side. So I remained in low activities like reading books till the late afternoon that I had to leave. On my way to there, I wasn't feeling very energetic already and my mind wasn't perfectly clear. In the end, I stayed for more than 4 hours and not only we sat in a cafe but we walked too. I returned home late in the evening feeling exhausted. Definitely the seventh day wasn't my day, but I can't complain. 
It was the only day together with the second that I wasn't feeling very low while I managed to go somewhere, meet people and keep discussing for four hours unstoppably. As I had planned, I filled my bath again with hot water and threw half a kilo of coerced sea salt inside. I was so tired and definitely this came the appropriate moment. I got out no earlier than one hour and a half an hour later. I even forgot myself inside and uh, while feeling very relaxed but still tired, I passed the rest of the evening and night uh, watching series. I didn't have the power for anything more than that anyway. I woke up on the eighth day once again after less than four hours, I mean today. Since the fourth day, I keep sleeping uh, way less than my normal hours for the last months that is around 9 and in a sense uh, this looks strange to me as I was definitely expecting to be sleeping more than that. I would really like it too in order to let the body to rest more. The good thing is that I was feeling more energetic. The previous day seemed to indeed have been just an exception and now I was back to my standards. After a very enjoyable meditation session, I went to my laptop and started working. And even though what I did was a bit demanding, I stayed for about three hours, not bad at all considering my previous day's condition. But the day was amazing, there was a bright blue sky outside, so I then went for a walk. I caught a lot of sun, I went to Hyde Park, uh, that was amazing at this day. I was out for approximately three hours and most of the time I was walking. Not bad, I can say. Now I am back to finish this article and voice record the corresponding podcast in English and in Greek. So, as for Arnold Eret, I first heard about Eret in Walter Isaacson's biography of Steve Jobs. Like many other people, I was reading the book after Jobs' death. So Isaacson uh, was writing that Steve, that Steve Jobs uh, would uh, one week or longer period or for longer uh, be eating nothing but carrots and for other periods he would even stop eating. Who was this mysterious physician that, uh, that uh, I had never heard about after all these books I had read and how come someone uh, instruct people to not eat? No one had ever told me that before, it looked like a wild fantasy to me. Obviously, I automatically ordered the most famous book of Eret, The Mucusless Diet Healing System, The Scientific Method of Eating Your Way to Health, and I started looking for information about him online. Arnold Eret was born in 1866 in Black Forest, Germany. In 1887, aged 21, he was drafted into the military only to be discharged after nine months of service because of heart disease. At 31, he was diagnosed with Bright's disease, inflammation of the kidneys by Dr. Gustav Riedlin, and pronounced incurable by 24 of Europe's most respected doctors. While trying to save himself, he remained uncurable for several years when he was keeping experimenting with different types of eating like vegetarianism or fruits and milk and so on. 
but his greatest enlightenment came when in a desperate attempt to end his health problems he decided to stop eating and was surprised uh, to find that he did not starve but gained in strength and vitality. Due to his new lifestyle, Eret claimed uh, to have cured himself of his diseases and to be able to perform uh, feats of psychological strength, including an uh, 1,000 mile bicycle trip from Algiers to Tunis, uh, which he undertook uh, with a trained uh, athlete in, an under, in under uh, 14 days. This is among many others uh, that are described in the book. So after that uh, Eret became a strong proponent of fasting and started giving lectures in Europe and America while doing publications and authoring books. He also claimed that uh, among others uh, within 14 months uh, he fasted for uh, 126 days without food. He had completed a fast of 21 days, one of 24 days, one of 32 days and one of 49 days which he commenced on 26th of June 1909. In his book Rational Fasting, Arnold Eret goes deep to the societal culture we have been brought up and finds the influence of it to the medical science. Same as in religions where there is this idea of evil spirits possessing a human, in medical science uh, the nature of many diseases uh, is expected to come from an external invader, such as a baculus. However, the German physician had noticed that uh, in all diseases without exception there exists a tendency of the organism to secrete mucus and in a case of a more advanced stage pus decomposed blood. Mucus is derived from uh, undigested, uneliminated and unnatural food substances accumulated since childhood on. So he defined that all disease is finally nothing else but a clogging up of the smallest blood vessels, the capillaries, by mucus. When we are sick of something means that we have too much mucus stirred up. The body gets in a shock and naturally tries to heal itself by secreting it together with its toxemias and waste. Not the disease, but the body is to be healed. This mucus uh, has been feathered since childhood by eating the wrong food that has been gathered since childhood by eating uh, the wrong foods over and over again and using several other uh, chemical substances that fill toxins uh, our bodies. So even if the body automatically tries to clean itself, it can never be enough if we give it much more. As he writes, nobody will want to clean uh, the water conduit of a city, a pipe system which is fed with soiled water by a pump, the filters of which are clogged up without having the water supply shut off during the cleaning process. If the conduit supplies the entire city or a portion of it with unclean water, or if even the smallest branch pipes are clogged up, there is no man in the world who would repair or improve that respective spot. Everybody thinks at once of the central, of the tank and the filters, and this together with the pumping machine can be cleaned only as long as the water supply is shut off. This is then how we end up to why fasting is essential, because it boosts the process which science in later years called autophagy, 
which is the natural uh, recycling system of the body and uh, I also mentioned in the articles about uh, day 4 and day 6 and that's why the pain in the first days of fasting is expected our organisms start the process of radically cleaning themselves as they are undisturbed at that time the more mucus and thus its toxemias we have the more pain we are expected to experience and the more mucus we will notice in our tongues or bad smell in our breath. In rational fasting, uh, again, Eret writes, The animal, and especially the human organism, is from a mechanical standpoint an elastic complicated tube system of blood vessels with air gas impetus by means of the lungs in which the blood fluid is constantly kept moving and regulated by the heart as a valve. The decomposition of the air gas is accomplished by each breath in the lungs, separating of the air into oxygen and nitrogen. Thus the blood is constantly kept moving and the human body does its service incredibly long without fatigue. Fatigue is in the first place a reducing of strength by too much digestion, work, secondly a clogging up of the heated and consequently narrowed down blood vessels, and thirdly and self and repoisoning through the exertion of mucus during the motion. So he defined the formula of vitality. V is equals P minus O. V is vitality, P is power that drives the human machinery, keeps it alive and gives strength and efficiency, and O is obstruction from mucus and toxemias in the system, obviously. Similar to what an engineer could understand with the equation of E equals P minus F, you can't know the efficiency of a machine without first deducting the friction from its power. Thus, uh, as they increase in the efficiency of a machine, when you decrease friction, in an organism the more you reduce the obstruction, the bigger its vitality is. A fact that has also been overlooked is that immediately and after breath, a vacuum is created in the lungs and belly while outside there exists a, a counter pressure. You can simply realize that the human body works automatically by inhaling air pressure and expelling chemically changed air and outside atmospheric counter pressure on the vacuums of the body. This is the P that keeps us alive and without the air we cannot live for even 5 minutes. This process is only possible due to the elasticity of the system and has the ability to vibrate, expand and contract once again automatically. It's not a coincidence then, then that in many traditional religions they are talking about the breath of God. Then uh, the more obstruction or else mucus uh, we, are in our, we put in the elastic spongy machine, the more we negatively affect our vitality according to the equation. Lastly, Eret defined the diet consisting of fruits starchless vegetables and edible green herbs, leaves, which he dubbed mucusless foods, is the optimum food for human consumption because he obviously considered us the ones that bring no obstruction to the body.